Hi, I'm Claire. And I'm Steve. And this is the Partner Wars podcast, where we, a long-term couple, debate issues with all the contempt, disdain and exasperation reserved for your significant other. Obviously underpinned by a deep love and affection for each other. Sometimes. And obviously, I will always be right. Welcome to Partner Wars, the podcast that's a productive way for Steve and I to row. Uh, This week we are going to talk about sport, so I'm going to crack straight on. Steve, what are your favourite sports to watch? Oh, to watch, it's um, hmm, a tough one. It used to be football, Um, not so fussed about football now, I think that's purely on the basis that you have to pay to watch it, so it's, it's almost <laughs> Basically like... Basically, you're cheap. No, I don't mind going to a match. That's fine. Um, I just think on TV, I think sport's being taken over by businesses, and it's all about money nowadays. So, um, you know, enjoyed the tennis the other day. That was fantastic. Um, Do love a bit of tennis. Yeah. Yes, Emma Raducanu. Yes. Yeah, what so a star. I think the, the main sports, I suppose, you know, I think the Paralympics has brought in a few different varieties of sport that weirdly enough I'd watch when the Paralympics were on because they're actually quite good fun but I'm not sure it's something I'd want to watch every Saturday night. Disappear for four years and then come back and you're like oh I remember that. (laughs) Yeah I think I'm more a taking part than watching. Okay so what's your favourite sports to participate in then? Well I enjoy football. Um, I'm not that great at it but uh, I enjoy playing (laughs) it. (laughs) Um, I used to enjoy badminton. I'm hoping to get back into that, but I only really enjoy singles. Um, yeah, but you, when I was playing badminton, you were just like, no, I can't be able to do that anymore. You were... Yeah, but that's because we played doubles. I don't, I don't enjoy doubles. I just think it's just you, you kind of get like you're not in control. I think I like being in control of when I'm playing sports. And I think when you play doubles mm-hmm. on the same court, it's just not, it's not as fun as singles, in my opinion. God damn it. Anything else? I don't know really, Uh, just thinking, I think they're the two main ones that I do. I hate running, Um, (laughs) hate jogging, any of that, and any of the ones that meant people do to keep fit rather than actually Mm. a form of achievement, I suppose if you're doing it to run a marathon then fair enough even then, but not, not, not a big fan, I don't mind cycling. Yeah, but you're you're not competitively cycling. That's just you cycling to work, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I I, I do I have done you know cross country, not races, so to speak, but uh, just you know, a long distance. Yeah, an achievement kind of thing. Just yeah, you know, London to Brighton. <laughs> yeah, absolutely mental. I would never do it. Uh, well, for me, in terms of sports to watch, uh, as you know, my absolute favourite is Formula One. <laughs> I'm sure I'd call it a sport, but yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. Dear listeners, pull up a chair, let me tell you a story. So Steve claims to really hate Formula One. Really, just just no interest in it whatsoever. Yet... Every other Sunday, or however often the Grand Prix are on, I stick it on the telly, and who should I find is sitting next to me? Why, it's Steve! It's it's, it's incredible. You that, devote time to something you really hate. 
they put Formula One on a time when nothing else is on because that's the only way they get the viewers. And there's nothing on. Most of the time I fall asleep when watching it. No, not I watch the beginning. The I watch the start, which I believe is, is quite interesting. Mm. And then I come and see who won. It's not, it's, you know, the rest of the race is pretty much once it's, you know, got into formation, no. it's pretty much boring. Well, it all depends. Uh, I, I, I just... I love it. I love the adrenaline. I love the speed. I love the competition. I love the strategy and the fact that it's also uh, quite technical. And so there's a lot of really smart people putting together really, really top technological cars. And I just think all of that together is is just incredible. Yeah, but, but I think that's all been taken away now. I think a majority of that has yes been taken no. away. I used to enjoy Formula One when they used to have to refuel because then you could be strategic around it. When yeah, but then that's to... some real safety risk and they had cars catching on point. fire. But that was the oh whole concept God. of a race. You you oh ask anyone that watches Formula One, you know, you can have a race that, you know, will start, you take Monaco, for example. That's not a race. That's just people that going around the track. That is a procession. It is, yeah. And um, unfortunately, is there, there is not enough competitiveness in Formula One. It all revolves around two maybe three teams if that and even then they're not competitive in themselves i i would i would i would dispute that especially with what's happened on today's particular race in yeah but i mean to, to this season is very different you know i think they're they're probably on, on par this season but if you take the past 10 years or so it's predominantly been dominated by one team each season mm. and you know that doesn't become enjoyable after a while and and, and i think realistically i think also why you enjoy it so much is because you are supporting the guy who's winning so (laughs) no i like i love lewis hamilton absolutely no bones about saying that but i watched it throughout the vettel years and prior to that the schumacher years when i really didn't like the person who was winning and but I I always support the Brits. Yeah, I always yeah. back so the you, British you had, drivers. You had a competitive person. So the difference is, if if for example the British drivers happen to be um, Mazepin and uh, <laughs> Mazepin other, is the, a douchebag because no, not, not he, he got caught groping his date. Yeah, he's a disgusting driver as well. Take that out of it. You're talking about. If you were in the worst cars and they weren't competitive enough, they were just rich daddy's boys who can't drive and just in it between, you wouldn't enjoy Formula One because you would see the likes of, you know, like I said, if it was Mazepin winning each week, it was like, at the end of the day, Formula One is all, it's a petrol head. It's not a sport, it's a petrol The same way you would say, I I, I could argue to you, you can't say that Formula One's a sport. And then say boxing is not a sport. It's uh-huh. the same See, now concept. I don't like boxing at all. Yes, but it's still a sport. But, you don't have to like it. Well, no, I've never said that it's not a sport. I just really, really dislike a sport where it the whole idea is to essentially harm your opponent. I I just don't get it. I, I, I know, like, it, it's not necessarily that's the aim, but the... the inevitable consequence of you hitting somebody even if it's like in in a prescribed area is they are going to get hurt and it's not it's not like an unintended consequence it that's exactly what happens no difference in between that and rugby 
Yeah, see, that's why I don't like rugby either. But you basically don't like contact sport. That's all it is. Well, Because effectively, yeah. contact sport is is pretty much rough housing, isn't it? it it's... You know you're gonna get you're gonna get hit. I mean, but then you could say the same thing as like now they're trying to take headering out of football, for example, because it's dangerous. Because you, if you head a ball too much, it's well, it is because they've had like quite a bunch of players that well, I can, have, I have can done. Guarantee um, to you, doctors will tell you it's dangerous to be in that G-force car week after week in a Formula One. And if well, they said yes, that to you that is... and said, "Okay, well, let's slow down the cars," how enjoyable would Formula One be? Yeah, I know. There's always got this. Not always, but there's often like elements of danger in, in let's say, especially high speed sport and like climate F1. issues. Yes, again, like fully hold my hands up. There is, uh, it's a real contradiction there. In that, yes, I don't think it's particularly um, helpful for the environment. But they are trying, I will say that they are trying to make it uh, more efficient, like with the turbo engines, and they are trying to, again, increase efficiency with the next generation of cars that's coming down the track. But I don't want this to turn into a complete F1 podcast, because I could wax lyrical forever. And Yeah, but that's the argument. There is an alternative. The alternative is electric and, it, and, and it's currently mm. being Well, done. I like Formula E as well. I well, think, then, that, I yeah, think that's then quite cool. Yeah, but then my argument is be, why do we have Formula 1? Get rid of it. We've got Formula E now. You've got the, the, you've got the sustainable way of racing. Mm. So should Formula 1 exist? It's, it's, it's a different discipline, I would argue. It's a different discipline. As is boxing. It's a discipline. It's, it's, it's... Yeah, but it's the whole aim is to smash the hell out of your opponent. Not necessarily. Smash the living hell. Not necessarily. You, you'll find, you'll actually find, and I, I know, I know a few boxers right there. I'm not talking like Frank Bruno or anything like that. <laughs> but you know, I know people who are in amateur boxing, and the, mm. the discipline you have to have as a boxer. It, people think it's just brute fighting. It's not. It's, it's exercise, but it's also, you have to have the skill and technique to land the correct punches and no mm. boxer goes out there no matter what they say in terms of like the fight the, hype. the hype yeah. and stuff Ugh. no boxer goes out there to injure another boxer at yeah. the end of the day they're all boxers and they all know they're all in the industry they the hype is just there to I know get, but get you're money. actually you're hitting somebody you're specifically hitting somebody that that's that is the whole aim of that sport is it's dangerous without a doubt but so is driving at 150 miles per hour the risk is when it goes wrong whereas boxing you get hurt when it goes right kind of well, thing. a majority of boxers after a match are fine you know they're, you, mm. you know you're not you don't get like if you look at the death rate in boxing it's not you know, it's not huge. I have no idea of statistics, but I just yeah. cannot believe. But that, you would like, know. You would know week in week out if people yeah, were dying left, right, and centre for it boxing. It could be like more to do with um, dementia, like heading the ball. That's what they've had a, a bunch of players like developing dementia and and that kind of thing. It, it ruins the brain. Yeah, Swiss cheese is your brain, man. Uh, you know, I think the whole point is if you take away the safety element and the health element, you you wouldn't do anything. I know, but there's no reason then not to try and improve the safety. Yeah, but to change change the... So take football, for example. To change the idealism of, like, headering, 
is is ludicrous. <laughs> it's 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 <laughs> part of the game, and it's, it's you know, know there, there's no there definitely head like, injuries, and they've done a lot with head injuries now in terms of like the concussion substitute yes, and stuff like that. I think yeah. definitely that that is yeah. the right move. But to say you know you know they're thinking yeah, but about is there any way they can't make... header in training? Yeah, you I know, but is there any way they could make the ball still? as powerful but somehow design it so that it wouldn't damage somebody's head so much i don't know like there's got to be a way i can't believe that there's nothing that can be done well you know i just think you know at the end of the day we've gone how many years football's you know being fine and you know at the end the the, these kind of things that can happen to a footballer tend to happen at the very later stages of their life and yes of course i'm not saying that any age is more valuable than the other but realistically you can catch any kind of disease at any stage of your life so you know these, these, these footballers mm. take that risk and, and at the end of the day they get paid good money they lead a good life so you know it's their choice yeah, it's, they're not being forced to do something it's they always don't a short career though a professional sport yeah, is a but short not, career but, but they, not, make, they make enough money exactly. to and, they, and they're not doing anything compensate. against their will none of these people are being asked to do anything against their will and that's the difference yeah, you know you're not having players come out saying oh it's not unfair that i headed a ball too much this is something they do and they love you know yeah well i do i do like watching football and again for like our american or australian friends listening i mean football not soccer it's not called soccer it's football or what you call football american football or aussie rules football is just rugby with body armor fight me <laughs> so proper football i do enjoy watching and and like especially like the national tournaments of world cup and the euros and that kind of thing but i'm it's such a dichotomy because I find uh, one end of the scale, I, I get so passionate about it and I'll just like, I'll get really tense and I'll like yell out. And, and then the other end of the scale, I see some of the fellow supporters, sort of supporters, um, especially like with the whole racism issue that we had uh, with uh, Jaden Sancho, uh, Bukayo Saka and Marcus Rashford after the Euros were completely just uh, abused racially all, all online and so many idiots going around the country and just trashing things in the name of football and that side of things I really hate. I really can't stand that it's just got such a macho image and that these mindless idiots just use anything as an excuse to vandalise and, and be that tribal about things. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, but it, it is a very small number of people, I think. I think the problem is you tend to have those that kind of are not like that, don't tend to necessarily go to every match, but they, mm. you know, the support comes from all places and you're always going to have that kind of behavior and and really it's about trying to stamp that out rather than yeah. disliking the sport i think you know you, you can't yeah. stop you know you can't blame the players like you know no, the no, whole taking the knee thing and the booing and you know I'm, I, yeah. I know you're very different from me in this you know i think everyone has the right to their own opinion and if you don't believe in the in so be it but I just think you well, should do booing it I think booing yeah. taking the knee is absolutely well, I mean, disgusting I, I, I'd even go a step far to say that anyone that boos someone taking the knee is practically being racist and they don't even realise it I think a lot yeah. of people don't realise it because yeah. you can you can be against it you can be against it and you can
can come out with all this rubbish about oh no but it represents BLM and they did this and they did that um fact of the matter black is, lives matter well, and yeah. it were like to me that's that's not something up for debate <laughs> like yeah. black lives matter and for so long it's it hasn't been the case it's they've been seen as as lesser and i just i it's so disgusting at how the system and society has treated people of colour in, in general and this kind of reckoning that we've had over the past year or so is more than like a timely it's it's way past but, then that, but that, that's what, what it I mean is be. I think what happens is the, you know everything is being done correctly in terms of trying to change that attitude and i think the problem you've got is you're always when you when you have a movement no matter what the movement is you can talk about the movement about slavery you can talk about the movement about you know poll tax when thatcher was in you know every movement has opposition and you're always going to have people that just think that they you know that they're being attacked and you know, I've had this conversation not just mm. about Black Lives Matter, but in general about how you approach things and how you deal with things. So I have no problem with someone saying I don't agree with taking a knee. I wouldn't call that person a racist. I wouldn't say that they're racist for disagreeing with it. Mm. I would call someone a racist if they start booing it. And the reason behind that is the concept of taking a knee at a football game, for example. They have already said it's all about racism. They said that's all it's about. That's all we're yeah. doing it for. So. You, you have a choice whether you just ignore it for the two seconds it happens or whatever it is. Yeah. But to boo it, what you're doing is you're practically saying, I'm against what you're standing for and they are standing for racism. Yeah. So or it's saying, I don't believe what you're saying you're standing yeah. for. I think it's this completely um, made up yeah. reason that flipping right-wing media have really just tried to... I, I have a theory that I, you know, I want to put forward. Is so if any um, uh, football FA people are listening, um, <laughs> I think they yeah. should kneel after every goal as well. <laughs> that would be very interesting to see how the crowd managed to celebrate and boo at the same time. <laughs> I um, love it. I uh, love it. Because it would, it would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, the fact what are you going to do? The people that are booing don't realise that if they just stop booing, then it will end. You know, it... it, it even racism wouldn't end, but the yeah. concept of people kneeling all the time will end because purely they're not feeling the racism, if that's fair. All you're doing by booing is making these players feel like racism still exists. And, mm. and it does. And it will, it will always. Yeah. You're never going to stop racism. Um, oh, that's at least, at least they're showing their part and, you know, they're doing their, they're doing, they're doing their part. And, yeah. and I know, love that. And I love continue. that. I love that a lot of sports stars have used their platform for good. Like I say, Marcus Rashford with uh, Feeding Hungry Children and uh, Lewis Hamilton trying to bring more diversity into F1, which is badly needed because it is just... It's all white people virtually. Well, well, actually, I actually think with Formula One, I think I think the problem isn't actually a race thing. I think it's a it's, wealth thing. Yes. I, I think with Formula yeah. One, everyone in it, Formula One, bar Hamilton, who's worked his way up, you know, um, you, they, they've all come from very wealthy families because the same, the, very similar with um, tennis, the majority of tennis players, because, yeah. you know, you have to hire courts. And it's, it's, it's about, it's like I said to you yesterday when... Radicanu, is it? Radicanu, yeah. And I said, you know, I, and I, I, I love, love the, the fact, fact that she won, but yeah. I really hope that now the Tennis Association are no longer 
providing financial aid for her. She won 2.5 million, 2.1, whatever think, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's you a know, big now wedge, that money yeah. should be spent on more youth, more people, more you know, yeah. more people, and be put towards helping those in more underprivileged. But I love the fact caught. that she she was born in Canada. She's got uh, Romanian and Chinese uh, heritage, and she was uh, she moved to London when she was two, and she's been brought up here. I love that. It's just such an inspirational story, and and I feel like that's kind of that's also what sport is about it, it is inspirational stories like that like she's the first um qualifier to ever win a grand slam she's the first british woman to win a grand slam in like 44 years or something i mean i i, I know you, you you think i'm being unpatriotic when yeah I say this. this yeah here um, we go here we go so my, my opinion on it is Great. Well, yeah, I'm over the moon for her. I think she's done brilliantly. I just hope that she continues on with it. And the reason why I say that, let's be honest, if anyone was going to do it, it was going to be this year. A lot of top seeds have dropped oh, out this year. Yeah. Well, in in both the men and women competition. No, no, and, and that's what I said. I said, brilliant. It's, it's really good that she's done it and she's achieved an absolute phenomenal you know, round of tennis all the way through, and I do, I, I do, I do applaud her for it. But I do think she needs to realise that just because she's won a Grand Slam, she's not one of the top players. She still needs to get better. She, you know, when when she comes well, up against some of these top players, you know, yeah, she needs she to did. be able to cope. She did come up against some top if players. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I mean, like, like I said, like I said to you yesterday, I think had she had come up against the likes of Serena, I don't think she would have won. I'm not, I not with the know. tennis she Serena's, was playing. Serena's kind of fading. I yeah. think she's she's. she's well, yeah, I'm I'm from at peak. Yeah. But but, yeah. but there are there are other tennis players who are out there who I think would would not necessarily wipe her off the court, but yeah. without a doubt would would win with a bit bit a bit to spare. I think mm. she's definitely got a lot of um she's got a lot of good technique and stuff, but I do think she has to do she has to work on her game and if she wants to stick around and. It'll be so interesting Steve, to see. the tennis coach, bloody oh, hell. I, back in my day, I used to be really good at tennis. Uh-huh, play, play, really? Playing on the playgrounds, over the really? fence. Really? Um, so, really? Because we couldn't afford a court, but yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I, I think, you know, you only have to see the likes of, you know, Henman, for example. and The perennial you, you know, underachiever, and, bless him. <laughs> you know, he, he, he was just never good enough. And, yeah. But, but actually, I still think at least he was good enough to stick around. You know, he was always, almost, almost, almost. But actually, I think she has the capability of being there, at least going, well, almost getting, you know, getting, yeah, to, well, the, getting to the so quarters, young. getting to the semis. She needs to keep that up. And, and yeah. hopefully she doesn't let it all go to her head. And, you know, she realises she's got years ahead of her. So Yeah. But anyway, I want to go back to this whole you not supporting Brits thing. Because, like, any time there seems to be British people in any kind of sport... You're just like meh, whatever. Whereas I, I get myself into I don't sort of like the whole further. colonial <laughs> thing of supporting your country. I think I know I understand. I, 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 understand I tend to that, I but... tend to support a person. So you know, when it comes to tennis, I support Roger Federer because I just think he's a decent guy. He's a really nice guy. I think you know he, he he's very humble. He, he is he is one of the best ever. And, yeah, and I will actually, say that. I like his tennis. I do think his style of tennis it, is it fantastic. Is, it is beautiful to watch. Um, I I just get really frustrated with some of. Because you don't players. like Andy Murray, though, do you? You think you no, think I, he's I, a moany old git. I do. I, I, I just I really, think he's I really boring. Like... I think he, you know, 
and and I just think he's constantly like he, the, this tournament in, and this US Open this time even when he was like complaining about someone going for an eight minute break you're either good enough or you're not don't don't blame <laughs> the opponent you, the guy didn't do anything outside the rules okay yes it's gamesmanship I suppose you can call it but if you yeah, are good enough again, you would have won here's, here's where we disagree is that like for you, gamesmanship is great. You like if you were playing a game and you you would just deploy as much gamesmanship as possible. Whereas I I'm a purist. I like to, everything to be fair and square, and I and I feel like it's really shady when those kind of tactics are, are, are deployed. Yeah, but then but then that's my point. Is like what's fair and square at the end at the, at the end of the day, you have to use whatever advantage you have to 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 get the win and not not by mm. cheating not by cheating mm. and there's a difference between yeah. cheating and and playing within the rules so it's a very gray area no it's though. not because if you think logically you've got to you've got to be sensible if i hate going back to formula one all the time but, <laughs> but it, 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 it it brings the perfect example the man who hates if you're formula in a team one, ladies and gents if, the no, man no, who if hates you're sitting it. in a, if you're sitting in a, in a mercedes compared to sitting in an alpine or whatever you want to call these cars alpine. yeah and you know you've got to be tactically correct for, to, to beat the Mercedes, otherwise you're not going to beat them. Mm. So the common sense thing to yeah, do. Yeah, but it was like that Red Bull in those eras so, and so Ferrari go, in the so going, era Yeah, before. but that's my point. So go. So the, the the lower drivers have to be tactically right to get a win. And so you you look back to the tennis. I I totally agree. Had he had mid mid game when I need to use the loo and I need to go to the toilet it was the end of the set the set had finished so you know the, it, it was a stop point in the in the game yeah but and Sissipas had done that several times with several different five uh, sets I, I can tell you now if you play five sets of tennis and last a long day you cannot tell me you do not need to go to the toilet I, I get it don't know about you but I'm I a camel it. well yeah <laughs> plus your games wouldn't last that long but <laughs> oh neither so, would you know, yours I, I can understand that five hours of tennis I, you know, if you eat, eating a banana after every game, I mean, I'd want to go to the toilet. And it's like, <laughs> I don't think bananas. Are well, whatever, juicy. you know. But I just think, like, someone going to the toilet for eight minutes should not put you off your game. If you can't cope with that, then you shouldn't be playing tennis. If you can't cope with a break, I mean, how many times has Andy Murray had a game and rain has stopped play? What's the difference? <laughs> there is no difference in stopping play. I get, like I said, I would argue that and totally understand why it was happening because it was an injury thing I would argue that yesterday when Rad, Rad, I can't say it Rad, Radu, Rad, Radu Kanu you know cut her leg yeah. that when she was advantage down yeah. you know she had to go that, get things yeah, I get that was that. the rule no, and you I get if you're that. bleeding you have to get and I get that but I would argue that that is more interrupting to Fernandez's shot than what um Sitsipas or whatever his name is. Sitsipas. <laughs> yeah. But that's the rule. Rules. Yeah. Are, rules. Are, rules. Exactly. Rules, man. And and he didn't break any rules. That's my point. Mm, so the rules yeah, are you allowed he, the break. Yeah, but he's he's been deploying that kind of tactic yeah, and but, I completely understand why why Andy Murray is moaning. But you like even when he was winning in in his. Uh, glory days you just really didn't just like him. he doesn't have a personality is that, yeah. i mean i think I, he's I, got a really dry sense of humor and i, just I, think I there needs... are times when i can you know i've seen him on shows and stuff and i can laugh and it, you know i'm not i don't dislike the guy mm. i just don't think he has a personality so i don't you know i'd rather see the likes of you know uh nadal and um 
Federer yeah, win, so you know. Just not patriotic. Well, we <laughs> don't know the country or anything. What do I know? <laughs> you know, I, I, your I, I, I support England in, in, in the football, you know. Yeah. I, I hate half the players. Some of them play for other teams that I don't support, but <laughs> I would do Sorry, that ha- how are Arsenal doing this season in the Premier League? Really well. We're only seven points off the top, so, you know, yeah, it's quite good. Yeah, yeah. So, so how, how far are you off the bottom? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Three points. Yeah. We, it, I mean, we're, it's the beginning of the season. We're all good. Mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't expecting much this season, so it doesn't bother me. We've, we, we, I, I understand that it's a passage of right in football. Yeah, you know, we've had some glory years. Now we're going through a rebuilding period. And we'll uh, be fine. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't bother Every me. Every year's going to be rebuilding. Yes. I, yes. I, I don't get hurt like some other people. I'm just like going. I accept uh-huh. that we don't have the best team at the moment, but we'll get there. Well, my own team, West Ham, have never been the best team. I completely admit that, but. It's it's been such a joy over the past couple of years to see them do so well. Yeah, but I mean, come on, you like West Ham supporters in general just have a very defeatist attitude anyway, and it's just we've like, been ground down by years of underachievement. It's, yeah, but like even now, like so, you know, you look at the current squad at Arsenal. Everyone's just expecting us to lose. I, I, I go into a game even now, going, you know, I think we can win this. You know, I went into. You can even, I, we went to play football, I was speaking to a football lot, and they, they'll tell you. I said to them, I would not be surprised if we beat City and then lose the next three against Burnley, whatever. <laughs> because that's just Arsenal. They can pick themselves up for a game and they can yeah. win a game. Okay, they didn't, they got battered by City. <laughs> but but in the yeah. point, I went into the game thinking, we can win this if we play it right. Whereas, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. West Ham fans tend to go, oh, we're going to lose this one. Why yeah. are you even going to support your team? Why? <laughs> There's no point if you're going in with a defeated yeah, attitude. Yeah, but you go in there and, and you, you think that everything's going to go wrong. Then when it goes right, it's a brilliant surprise. Well, it, well right? no, that's what I'm saying. It's sitting on the fence. It, it's bullshit. <laughs> it, it, it's bullshitting. Sorry, my, my language. But it's bullshitting <laughs> to try and... Get rid of the negativity Manag- you're going to face when you lose. <laughs> Managing expectations. I, I, I think it is. You can then go when you lose and someone goes, oh, you lost. And you go, oh, I knew it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you're insured against all situations then. But I, I particularly like uh, football because we do fantasy football, don't we, dear? Yes, we do. We do. So who, who's, who's champion at the moment? Uh, who was champion last year in our league, babe? Well, you you were, but um, it was me, wasn't well that, it? But that's fine, you know. I, I always find that if you actually look at the winners of uh, fantasy football, it tends to be people who have got too much time on their hands that win. Oh, so, oh, you know, so oh, right. You, you mustn't okay. be busy at so, work. So, so if any of your work colleagues oh, are listening, maybe she needs more work. Okay, right. So me just doing like a five-minute thing of an evening once a week ah, is is is, is uh, taking up. I hear you time. in your okay. sleep stressing about it. It's yeah, fine. Whatever. <laughs> How long has it been since you actually beat me at fantasy football as well? Hmm? Probably four years, maybe been five years. About five years. Yeah, isn't but it? I went through. Yeah. Like I said, it's like football. Oh, I went through a, it's your rebuilding I phase. Went, I went through a whole phase of where I was winning league after league. You know, it's like I went through it for th- at least three mm. years where I mm. won it straight. So mm. you know, this this, mm. this is your time. I'm mm. just mm. enjoying enjoying yeah. Yeah. My, my comeback. <laughs> with with right. Ronaldo, Luke, Lukaku, and Kane up front, I can't okay. fail this year. Okay, right, yeah, I'm still ahead of you right now. So, yeah, because I start. Ronaldo's only just joined, so oh, I give myself time. Okay, okay, right, right, right. Well, we, we've hit our customary half an hour anyway, so 
I hope everyone has been mildly entertained, at least. I apologise for those of you who are not into football, F1 or tennis or anything like that, but come back again another time. Uh, we're actually away for the next two weeks, so the next episode will be the first weekend of October. Uh, so yeah come back and join us then if you want to suggest any topics uh, for us to talk about please do drop us a line uh, either individually or at partnerwarspodcast at gmail.com and whatever platform you're listening on I know we've got like six different platforms that that we are now uh, available on please do the whole general like, subscribe, etc. You know the drill to make sure that you don't miss an episode because, you know, why would you want to? Uh, and, and that's it from this week. So from me and from Steve... Bye. Bye-bye.